Brilliant Misfits, Episode 73, with my very special guest, Rachel Zinman, talking about her latest book, Yoga for Diabetes, How to Manage Your Health with Yoga and Ayurveda. Pretty well one in three people in Australia now have diabetes or pre-diabetes or some possibility of developing diabetes at some point in their lives. And we need to know about this disease and we need to know how to prevent it, possibly reverse it, and if we have type 1, manage it. And so I really want to be an advocate for that in this country. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Asia Kennedy. Welcome back, everybody, to Brilliant Misfits. And if you're new, if this is your first episode tuning in, welcome, welcome. I'm so grateful to have you listening to this show. And if you like an episode, a particular episode, please give a comment and a review on iTunes. And that really helps people to be able to find the podcast. And then together we can make it more available for women who want to be inspired and encouraged to really be true to themselves and be brilliant in the work that they do. Today, my guest is someone who I absolutely adore and cherish. She's a kindred spirit. Her name is Rachel Zinman. Now, Rachel has been a yogini all her life, a professional dancer from a young age. She also trained as a Steiner educator, teaching in both the Byron Shire, which is in Australia, and New York City. She is a singer songwriter, and has produced three award-winning CDs of devotional music. She is also a published author for her first book, Yoga for Diabetes, How to Manage Your Life with Yoga and Ayurveda. She is a published poet and writes for many online in-print magazines, including Australian Yoga Journal and Yoga Australia. She is a mother, a wife, an amateur photographer, and filmmaker. So I think I'm going to stop there because we're going to get into getting to know Rachel a little bit more with her story. And I'm so appreciative that she's coming on the show. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Aisha. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy you're going to share your story. So you've written this book. Now, you've done yoga for a long time, but we'll get into that. But you've written this book called Yoga for Diabetes. And I want to know a little bit of the background, and I want you to share with the listeners how that happened, that creative process that brought that book into being, how you birthed that book. Well, it's an interesting story because most of my adult life, I've been fascinated with writing and I, I've done probably, I don't know, 20 writing courses, but I never really took it, you know, seriously. I kind of did it in the background. I remember being a kid and thinking as a child, maybe like at 10 or 11, one day I want to write a book. And I actually sat down probably in, um, maybe like seven years ago and I wrote my whole life story down. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll publish this. And then uh, I had an editor take a look at it, and she and she basically said, uh, well, it's interesting, but not that great. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to do that. And then um, 
I was diagnosed with diabetes in 2008, and I was diagnosed with prediabetes, and I was completely shocked, completely floored. I didn't believe the diagnosis, and I decided to go on a journey to healing myself, which in the end worked out that I couldn't heal myself because I had type 1 diabetes, which means that uh, my pancreas no longer produces insulin and you need insulin to um, reduce your blood sugar. So I had to go on medication. And, and then at that point, when I went on medication, I was realizing that I was teaching yoga, but I knew nothing about diabetes. And I wondered how many of my yoga teacher friends knew anything about diabetes. And when I asked them, they said, oh, well, maybe we have somebody in our class, but, but we don't know. So I thought, well, maybe I should write some sort of manual, like a teacher training manual to help people to learn how to teach to people who have diabetes because I have diabetes and I do yoga and I feel like the yoga has really helped me. So maybe I could help other people. And then a friend of mine said, Rachel, you're, you don't want to run another yoga teacher training because I've been running yoga teacher trainings for at that stage, probably 15, 16 years. She said, you should just write a book and make it really beautiful. Be, you know, express everything you know about yoga and teach people that way. And that way it can be a manual for yoga teachers, but it can also be something that everybody in the diabetes community or who lives with diabetes can benefit from. So that was like a little seed. And she said to me, it has to be a coffee table book. It can't just be a how-to thing. You've got to make it, you know, stunningly beautiful. And because I love taking photos and I love making films and I love being really visual, I immediately got the download of how it would be. And so then I had to actually write the book, you know. (laughs) Now, I want to just stop there for just a second because – I think it's really beautiful that life had brought you to this point of probably quite a shocking thing, as you said, that you had been practicing yoga, you thought you were this healthy being, and then you got this diagnosis. So I want to go back to like that particular point, because I think it's important. I think life sometimes throws us a curveball, and we often feel victimized by that. And then we move through that. Can you describe that process for yourself? Well, that moment of diagnosis, as I said, was really intense. And I really looked at that moment, you know, in that on that day. And I remember going from the doctor's office to back to my yoga room and sort of sitting on the floor of my yoga room and just you know, bawling my eyes out and saying, where have I gone wrong? What have I done wrong? And I just had this feeling that not that I'd done something wrong, but that I had to look at life differently from that moment on. And for me, it was all about going back to the heart and going back to devotion and cultivating gratitude in my life. And I began to get um, very visual. So I, I was already very much into um, aspects of yoga like sound therapy and visualization therapy. So sound is called mantra and visualization is called yantra. But I felt like if I could explore the yantra, the visual aspect more and immerse myself in something that was not in my head, that was in my hands, um, that it would really uh, shift my perspective. And so I would go out every day and I would 
walk through the gardens of Ewingsdale where I was living and pick flowers. And then I would come back to my yoga room and I would create these uh, mandalas or these yantras out of flowers. And I would take pictures and post it on Facebook. And, and it just became a ritual for me that I did every day, every day. And um, through that creative process, I found a way to come to terms with the diagnosis. But as I said, I was in denial as well. So I kept looking for answers and I kept thinking, maybe it's not diabetes. Maybe it's just a mistake. You know, maybe it's a parasite. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And every time I would test my blood sugar, I would see this high number and I'd have to come back to reality and say, okay, no, it's true. It's really happening to you. You have to find a way through. And for me, actually, artistic expression was the initial way that I went through it. Thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, I think that it's just something that we all can relate to. I mean, it doesn't have to be a diagnosis. It can be anything in our life where we just sometimes go into that mindset of like, why is this happening to me? And I love that you say the creative process helped you move through that because I'm, of course, I believe in that deeply. I feel that the creative process is a spiritual practice it is brings us back to our essence our spirit and you know finding it it shows us a way through if we're willing if we're open to find a way through it will show us a way through and it's so beautiful what you did doing visual yantras and healing yourself on that level yeah and even now I might not do yantras but I know that if I'm having a bad day with my health or you know mentally or emotionally I tell myself, you know, go and do a creative activity that you enjoy. So it might be, you know, writing a blog because I love writing, or it might be, you know, doing a watercolor painting, or it might be, um, you know, cooking myself something different that I haven't had before. That's a, you know, that I consider a creative activity. And as soon as I engage myself in that creative active, that <laughs> the creative act. It draws me out of all the preoccupation that I have with the stress, with the ideas, with the beliefs. It just all melts away because as soon as you're in that flow, you're really with yourself. You know, you're with that peace, that joy, that equanimity, all, all those things that, uh, that you are. Yeah, totally. I totally resonate and agree with that. You go into a, a bigger space, you know, it's sort of like you get out of your own way in a way that you can just go into this bigger space that then... I don't know, just shows you a way through that when you're just in your mind and you're thinking about things and you're worried and you're concerned that that space is very small, it's very contracted. So thank you. (laughs) Now I wanted to ask you, yoga for diabetes, uh, is this something that you probably had to work on just in your own body to discover, you know, how, why is that different? Like what is different about doing yoga for diabetes? I know as a yoga teacher, if you asked me that question, I would say, hmm, you know, I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because sure, anybody with diabetes can do any type of yoga and it will benefit them. However, for me, the big key was understanding that Ayurveda which is the sister science to yoga and the science of health and healing has been working with diabetes for over 4,000 years. So why have they been uh, successfully working with diabetes for over 4,000 years? Because they understand that it's not one size fits all. And they actually say that there are 20 different types of diabetes 
and that each type of diabetes needs a different kind of approach because the whole idea with Ayurveda is it's based in the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and space. And those elements combine in a unique way and create the person's individual constitution. So if you have, say, a lot of air and space in your system, we would say that there's a predominance of what we call vata dosha. And so your diabetes will also have that character to it, vata diabetes, which means you'll have you know, different symptoms to someone who has more earth and water in their system, which we call kapha diabetes. So the, the sequence and the practice, the physical practice that, that you do has to really balance that vata, first of all. Um, and then the lifestyle practices that you do, the kind of foods that you eat, um, you know, the way you look at uh, working with your blood sugar, with um, you know the time of day, the season, all of that stuff is going to come into play with the type of diabetes that you have. So actually my understanding now that I've been living with diabetes for 10 years and, and working with people uh, teaching yoga for diabetes is that we need to really nut out the constitution of the person. And then once we've done that, we kind of look at, okay, what's happening with your blood sugars? What, what are your routines like? Um, what is your food like? And then we try and bring all that back into balance through the Ayurveda and through the yoga. Mm, that sounds beautiful. And I love that it honors the individual. And I really, you know, as a misfit, I don't like anything that's cookie cutter. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, it just really honors that we're unique and um, to honor that our constitution can be unique as well. Now, I just had a thing pop into my head as you were talking about that. Do you do consultations for people who might be into yoga and they might have diabetes and they think, wow, I, I didn't know about this. I'd like to know what my constitution is so I can manage my diabetes in a much bigger and, and better way? Yes, absolutely. I'm, um, you know, I have a sort of a whole questionnaire process when I work individually with people. We do a, a sort of a diabetes questionnaire. We also do an Ayurvedic questionnaire and we look at what their issues are in management because, you know, a lot of people who don't have diabetes, they go, okay, that's a disease that people take medication for it or they, they take insulin, but they don't really understand sort of the detailed complexity of what it is to live with diabetes, which is that you are constantly trying to do the work of a pancreas. You're trying to think like your pancreas 24-7. Now imagine that, you know, we really don't know how any of these organs work. And then one of the organs doesn't work anymore, or part of the organ, the beta cell function, which is what produces the insulin that doesn't work anymore. So how do we figure out what it does? Doctors don't even really know what it does. So there is a lot of stress associated with trying to figure out what your pancreas does. So I, I like to look at that and sort of say, well, how's it going? How's your management? And then we go, okay, you know, um, I'm having a lot of low blood sugars, which is a, a really dangerous part of having this disease is sometimes you don't even feel that you're having that low blood sugar. And basically with a low blood sugar, you, if you don't treat it right away, you can go into a coma or, you know, worse can happen. So we want to help keep the blood sugars stable. And so, you know, we look at that and then we use maybe the yoga practice to help them to find a way to come out of that 
you know, roller coaster that we call, we call it like roller coaster blood sugars. So yeah, so I love to work one-on-one and I've seen amazing results. I um, worked with a woman here in uh, the area in Byron for about six weeks and a little bit longer. And we had such good results. You know, she started sleeping better. Her blood sugars were more balanced. She was practicing every day. She was losing weight. She had a much more positive attitude towards herself and and the condition. And it was just amazing. So um, soul satisfying to work one-on-one with people. Mm. And I think in a way it's probably essential to start that way because then once they have that knowledge in what works for them and how to manage, then they can actually attend a class and know what's right for them and what's not right for them. And they can actually choose to do certain poses and maybe not others. Does that, is that part of it? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that I did while I was launching the book in the United States, I was doing in-person workshops is I was educating people on, yeah, there is a yoga that's right for your type. And I had people coming up to me after the workshops and saying, wow, I, I never realized that me doing hot yoga was actually making my blood sugars worse. I'm really excited now to try a different style of yoga to see if that changes my experience with my blood sugars. So that, that was just, you know, really interesting that people were thinking, oh, actually I need more restorative yoga because I, I have a lot of, um, you know, uh, cortisol running through my system and that's really affecting how I manage my health with diabetes and other people needed more motivation. They needed more power yoga. They weren't doing enough hard work. They were lying around too much. So, um, yeah, the feedback was incredible about how discovering the type of yoga that's right for you really changed the landscape for the diabetes management as well. Mm, I think that's such an important point. And thank you for bringing that up because, um, you know, I think when you know, when you can take full responsibility for yourself, it doesn't matter what, you know, is out there. And there's so many different yoga styles now that you can actually choose something that is really resonant to your body and it's going to actually help you and not harm you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Mm, I love that. Now, in the book, I love that you're talking about all of this. You're so knowledgeable. And I'm sure that that's just part of this journey that you've been on, because you've had to be and I think life is like that, isn't it? It just throws us into things and we go, whoa, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And then it ends up being an incredible gift and not only a gift for you, but it becomes a gift for so many people that you're sharing this with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so the book, like, can you describe a little bit about it? Because of course, we're on the podcast, it's not visual. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, because something like this, you'd really want to be able to show people something about the book. But yeah, just give us a little description. Okay, so again, I'd love to talk about the creative process, because that's really um, how the book came to life. and, And it'll give you a sense. So what I really wanted was to share my personal story, but not, you know, have that be like the main thing in the book. The main thing in the book is getting down to the nut of Ayurveda and understanding how to determine the right uh, practice for your type. And this really applies to anyone. You don't have to have diabetes to get this book or to um, to benefit from it. That's an but, important point. Yeah, very important point. So So with that, I really wanted the imagery to be, you know, very lush and vibrant because my thing was like, 
you won't want to put this book down. You will want to keep opening up to the pages and you will want to look at beautiful photos. And this book will be the thing that, you know, will get you motivated again or get you motivated to start yoga. So the imagery was really important to me. So I spent a lot of time um, going through different, well, I t there were different photo shoots that were done in different countries. And then uh, we did very specific photo shoots for the sequences. So we have one sequence, which is done at the beach. We have a sequence, which is kind of done in, a, in nature with a rock wall behind. We have another um, whole sequence, which is shot at the Crystal Castle, kind of in the rainforest. Um, and then even the way we designed it, you know, we designed it to be more like a, co like a cookbook. So, you know, you could choose a recipe and try that recipe out. So, you know, full color pictures on one side and then the recipe on the other side. Um, wow, so, yeah. That so that sounds it, fantastic. I love yeah. that, that it's like a cookbook and you choose so, a you recipe. Choose. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Sort of, yeah. So <laughs> there's like a chapter on breathing. There's a chapter on the mind. There's a chapter on meditation. There's a chapter on how to get inspired to practice at home. There's a chapter on insulin and exercise. Then there's three sequences. Then there's a way to work on your psoas because a lot of us with so much stress get very tight in our psoas. Yeah, so I've done a... Just describe what that is for yeah, listeners. So they the might not even a, have ever yeah. heard of it. What is <laughs> so a the, psoas? <laughs> the psoas is a muscle. It's the longest muscle in the body and it connects from the base of your rib cage all the way down to your inner thigh. And the psoas gets really tight when we get stressed and also when we sit a lot and it connects right into the nervous system. So having a fluid psoas also really helps to improve the function of the diaphragm and breathing. So it's just got a whole lot of uh, correlations to it. So I put in the book a very simple sequence to open up the psoas. In the book, we have a um, modifications. So if you look through the sequence and there's a pose you can't do, you can flip to the back of the book and then there's a modification. Then there's a whole section, a chart on symptoms and remedies. So if you have a particular symptom that you're dealing with while you're living with diabetes, then you'll have the remedy for that with a particular posture or even a sequence of postures. So there's charts, there's breathing practices, there's meditation practices, there's sequences, there's lots of information my personal story, and then all the way through, I've tried to do it like I'm holding your hand and saying, so this is how, this is the first time I meditated and what happened for me, and it was a disaster, or this is the first time I tried to breathe and I hated it, and so that, you know, people get the idea like, it was hard for me too. This is not easy. It is not easy to step on the mat every day, and I'm not some Instagram yogini, you know, I'm a 50 nearly 52-year-old woman who has just been living with this chronic condition and been miserable and freaked out about it. And, and these are the things that I've done to pull myself out of that difficulty in my life. So that's kind of the book. And I mean, it's big. It's like thick, too. I was really surprised when it came back from the publisher. It was like 315 pages and a big, thick book. <laughs> sounds beautiful. And did you, I mean, the creative process of this, it sounds like you had this vision of what it would look like and how you wanted it to be laid out and, you know, with the images being just as important as the stories and the stories just as important as the sequences and all of that. Yeah. So I, 
I had a really big vision and I knew that I needed to work with people that shared my vision. So I actually worked with a local photographer here in Byron. His name is David Young and um, he's actually born same day as me and we've worked together before. So I really loved his photography and we did a lot of location scouting and, you know, we didn't, we didn't skimp in any way. You know, we went all out and, you know, we did, we did sort of a lot of, um, Reckies, as they call it. And then I wanted to work with models uh, for the pictures who were very different in size and shape and nationality. So we have someone who's Japanese, we have someone who's Maltese, we have um, a typical Australian person, you know, so um, that was really important to get the right sort of look for each uh, sequence and for each model so that people felt like yoga is approachable. And then when I worked with the graphic designer, um, again, I'd worked with her before she did my website and I just loved everything that she did. And we worked really hard to get a font that we felt was really easy to read. And then, you know, the layout was a, was a whole process as well. And then I found an editor. And what was interesting about the editor was before I wrote the book, I found the editor. I asked, you know, I said, okay, I want to write this book and I want you to be my editor, but I hadn't actually written the book yet. And then she did a course called Web Words and Wanderlust, which I highly recommend, which helped me to find my voice. And it was amazing that it, you know, going through that process of doing her course, it was an online course and then finding my voice, it was just so easy to write the book from that point. And then when it was time for her to edit the book, you know, she kind of, we were on the same page because I knew exactly what her kind of approach was because we'd done that course together. So that was really fantastic as well. And then I had a friend who had done so many photos of me over the years, maybe over five years in India and South Africa and, and all over the place. And, and she was really beautiful and just donated all those photos to me so that I could use them. So it was a, a total labor of love. And then, you know, the last thing I want to say was I didn't have the money to produce the book. So I actually had to do a crowdfunding campaign and raise the money. And that was probably just as much hard work as the book itself, um, you know, to bring everybody on board. But I did it. I raised the money and was able to produce the book, which was fantastic. Yeah, what an achievement. So, so wonderful. And I think, though, you know, you put in, you put in all that effort, Rachel, and, um, you know, it, it's meant to be, I mean, life came in, you got the editor before you even wrote it, and those sorts of magical little things that happen. It's like when we recognize that, oh, yeah, this is happening. It's like, it really, it really carries you through, even in the low points when you feel like, oh, my God, what have I done, you know? <laughs> and I have to say that, you know, it's interesting because you, on the outside, it just looks like, oh yeah, it's all happening for Rachel. But, you know, and I think this is part of the creative process, as you said, you know, the low is that, you know, you might go for days where it just feels like, well, I'm still, you know, I'm still dealing with all the issues that I was dealing with before I wrote the book. You know, I'm still dealing with health. I'm still dealing with, you know, abundance issues or whatever, but at least, you know, I've got this focus and I know that when someone has this product in their hands, it's going to be of service and help them. And this is just, I mean, I could cry. This is like my mission in life since I was a little girl is I just want to help people. I just want to help people to thrive. I want them to be well. I want them to love themselves, to love their life. And I know that this book can do that for people. And so that's kind of what, you know, keeps me going when, there's a, you know, when I apply to something and then I get knocked back or I write an email and I don't get it, you know, 
to try and get somebody to do something for me with a book and they say, oh, no, we're not interested in that or that's not an interesting subject for us. You know, those kind of things are like doing, doing, you know, yeah. you better keep sort of like wading through to get your vision out there, you know, and that's um, it's it's really, really hard work. And someone said to me, you've got to do your 10,000 hours. It's just, it's not just going to come to you because you have the vision. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so important for us <laughs> to hear. I mean, you know, we look at the thing about like the digital world and social media, we always see like the successes and the this and the that. And, you know, it's funny, even though we know <laughs> and we we were authentic with each other we still like don't really say all the other stuff that's going on and i love when you said you know wading through to get your vision out there and there are some dark days and some days oh. when you just question oh my god what have i done why am i doing it and yeah it's just natural isn't it it's like ebb and flow i mean it's just a natural part of the process but we forget we just we see we look at other people we think oh my god they're just flying and we don't see the backstory you know we don't see what's Absolutely. going on behind the scenes and it's so important to acknowledge and recognize and be real about it you know yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So That's thank you. My... Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it's my mission today. <laughs> Yay. Good. Now, I know you've launched your book in the States, I believe, but have you actually launched it here in Australia? No. Um, just to let everyone know, I, I was lucky enough to, after the crowdfunding campaign, to uh, get a publisher he approached me. So when we talk about, you know, like wading through the dark stuff and, you know, for me, that whole crowdfunding campaign was like, who knows how, where, how this is all going to happen once I get the money and I produce the book, what's going to happen then? And then all of a sudden out of the blue, this guy from America wrote to me and um, said, I have a publishing company and I'd really like to publish your book. And so, and I have worldwide distribution, but I, I don't suppose you could come to the U S and launch the book in the U S. And I was like, are you kidding? Of course <laughs> I'll go to the U S you know? And then I just went about reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out into the diabetes community, into the, uh, yoga community and said, I've written this book and I really want to launch it. And I was so lucky that so many people were so enthusiastic and I was, I realized at the end that I'd, I'd actually gone to 17 cities and I had, you know, I actually sold out of the first print of the book. And um, my my sort of final thing on leaving the U.S. was uh, I was uh, nominated as a finalist for the book, for book of the year in a uh, review journal called Forward Review, which is uh, kind of a, a big deal. And I managed to get the book to Halle Berry as a gift. So those were like, you know... <laughs> wow. The highlights. And then here, the book is launching at the moment, beginning of May. And again, I'm very busy working on organizing the tour here. And I'm working with diabetes organizations here because um, I really feel like I want to give back to those organizations. They're all charities. So proceeds, some percentage of proceeds of the sales of the book's will go back to the diabetes organizations to help spread awareness about diabetes because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but 
pretty well one in three people in Australia now have diabetes or pre-diabetes or some possibility of developing diabetes at some point in their lives. And we need to know about this disease and we need to know how to prevent it, possibly reverse it. And if we have type one, manage it. And so I really want to be um, an advocate for that in this country. Mm, Beautiful. And I, I totally really agree with you. I think that it's not that well known. And, you know, there's a mentality that, you know, when people do get something like diabetes, and you mentioned this earlier in the episode, that, you know, it's just about, oh, yeah, go to the doctor and get, you know, drugs. And I'm not saying drugs are bad or anything like that, of course, you know, but it's the combination of having that and then what you're talking about, which is also equally, if not more important, to be able to manage it through your lifestyle, your diet, and just, you know, knowing your constitution, those things are really vital in your well-being. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, diabetes isn't something that just goes away with, um, just the uh, medical approach. It it helps you so much, but they're more and more saying now that the alternative approach helps you as well to really, you know, come into balance. And I think anybody now needs to really be willing to be open to all the different healing modalities that are out there because we, you know, like I said, we really don't know how the body works. And we don't know what factors are affecting our stress levels. We don't know what are, what creates the disease in the first place. Um, there's just so many unanswered things out there. So working with our well-being, mental, physical, emotional, with all the tools that are out there are just so beneficial. Mm, I agree. Now, I haven't actually asked you this before we got <laughs> on to the show. <laughs> but um, I was thought maybe if you have the book there, you might want to read something about some excerpt from the book about um, gratitude and devotion on those really tough days that we all experience. And I know a lot of my listeners are women who are um, creating home-based businesses or they're in the entre- entrepreneurial world and you know, there are tough times, there are days when, you know, it's really flat, and you're questioning, and you're wondering, uh, or you're feeling down about things. And yeah, maybe if you had something handy. Yeah. In fact, you are so tuned in, because the actual way that this section starts is, and a final note for those really tough days. So I don't know, we must be really (laughs) insane. Beautiful. I'd love to, I'd love you to read a little excerpt. Okay. So one of the biggest challenges in my life has been to deal with my anger. Even when I was small, the feeling of frustration would well up in me to the point where I just felt so alone and incapable that I wanted to scream. These feelings haven't gone away just because I took up yoga. When I was diagnosed, I felt so defeated. I couldn't understand why this had happened to me. I spent my life doing everything right, or had I? I tried to find a reason why. Was it because I shoplifted as a tween? Was it the time I got kicked out of ninth grade for hanging out with the wrong crowd? Or because I kicked that door in at high school and never owned up? In a way, I wish it were that simple, equating a bad action with a bad result. But as I've grown up, I've learned that life doesn't work like that. No one out there is judging me for anything I've ever done. 
Yes, I made choices and I'm dealing with the consequences, but there are some things we can't control and can't expect. And this is where gratitude comes in. Gratitude is one of those tools you can use anywhere, anytime when the going gets tough. Even before my diagnosis, I had a gratitude diary and made a list each night of all the good things that happened that day. It softened those feelings of frustration and anger and helped me to see that I had so much to be thankful for. I still practice being grateful on a daily basis, but now it's been woven into my yoga practice too. It's become devotional, a moment of quiet, a chance to reflect. There's lots of fancy terms these days for working with gratitude, but I want to offer you something simple, something that you can do just before you start the practice and something you can bring into the very end. Once you're settled on your mat, bring the palms of your hands together right at the center of your heart. Take a moment and watch your breath as it enters and leaves the nostrils, and then think of someone you love, someone that brings you peace, or a place you feel at home. Feel your gratitude. Let the words and images flood in. It needn't take more than a few seconds to remember the grace of your being, your ability to be right here, right now, alive, experiencing creation. What a gift. Without you, none of this would exist. You are the meaning in everything. Just having a little pause there because I was actually doing the meditation as you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, beautiful Rachel. That is gorgeous. Uh-huh. Uh, now, just before we um, end this episode, I wanted to ask, are you doing any sort of um, launches or your, any special places that you're going to be? Like if people are in Melbourne, maybe you're doing something in Melbourne and they, they could um, get to know what that is and maybe attend. I'm not yes. sure. Do you? Yes. Oh, okay. Good. I am. I have all my uh, launch events listed on my blog, which is um, www.yogafordiabetesblog.com slash events. And they're all listed there. And so I'll be in Melbourne. I'll be in a place called Warnable. I'm going to be in um, Wollongong, uh, Umundi near Noosa. I'm launching in Byron Bay. I'm launching in uh, the Gold Coast. I'll be in Sydney as well. So lots of events coming up. And I'm also hope- still working on the events in Adelaide, Perth, Tasmania, and possibly up in Darwin. So there's quite a bit going on. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to put that a link on the show notes. So all anyone that's listening to this, they can just look at the show notes. And the link will be there to look up events that might be in your area. And I highly recommend meeting Rachel. She's just a beautiful light in the world. And she'll have something I'm mm-hmm. sure some beautiful gift to offer you just in her presence. And yeah, it also, thank you so much. Asia. And, and if people want the book, it's going to be available in Australia in all where all good books, books are sold. <laughs> so yeah, that, I, that was a bit of a mouthful to get out. But yeah, <laughs> in all good bookstores in Australia. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Is there any um, last words you'd like to leave with our listeners? Uh, I think it's, you know, what I love about your um you know, your mission and your message, Asia, is it's all about the creative journey. And it just so resonates with me. And every week when I receive a newsletter from you, um, or, you know, when I listen to a podcast, I feel like it just reminds me again, you know, that 
without creation and creativity, it's like life doesn't have the same color to it. So I just, I guess, just want to leave with that, you know, just really honoring you and everything that you bring um, to everybody that you are able to touch and that is touched by you because um, you bring so much color and life and beauty and, and, and your vision and your words have helped me so much. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, I'm <laughs> receiving, receiving. Thank you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Rachel. It's just been an absolute joy. I'm filled with gratitude. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.